chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. The new series, just through the month of January, is a brand new year. Brand new year. Thank the Lord for His blessings. And just looking at this subject matter and trying to make faith something real to you this morning. Uh So let's all go ahead and stand for the reading of God's holy word. Matter of fact, if you would, I would like for you to help me out this morning. And that is to repeat these words after me. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 and verse 2. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Father, may we have faith. And not just in word. But dear Lord, that faith would be a living reality in our life this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and reading the word with me. That's a powerful passage of scripture. Now let's just talk about this real quick. If you want, of course, you see in the bulletin there a verse that we'll head to next in the introduction. But in looking at this passage, a lot of people will use this verse as a definition of faith, they say, well, can you tell me what is faith? You know, and, and the, oh yeah, and a lot of people have that memorized, like I just quoted both those verses to you, and y'all read them along with me. Now, and they'll say, well, yeah, the Bible says, and now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But really, that's not a definition. It's just a description of faith. It describes what faith does, how it operates. But really, faith, if you have faith, and you can have faith in a car, you can have faith in a 
person. You can have faith as a trust. That's what it is. It's a, it's a trust extended without having to have proof. That's why it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, I trust that this is going to work out. I trust God's going to do what he's going to do. I trust that a person will be faithful to me. You've always heard, you know, uh, in our day and time, it's getting rare uh, that people are faithful to their spouse. You hate to say that would be rare. It used to be the norm. But it's becoming more rare that a person would be faithful to their spouse. But what does that mean? I trust that my spouse will be faithful to me, that they will put their trust in me, that they won't be unfaithful to me. God says he will be faithful. And so that's that substance of things what hoped for. And then it says it's evidence of things not seen. And so that's kind of the description there. Now, there's really in the Bible there are three kinds of faith that are mentioned. There's faith, and we've talked about it right there in the outline. We'll get to it a little bit later. Number one, you were saved by faith. That's your first introduction to spiritual faith. You got saved by faith. We'll talk about that in just a second. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So all of these, that type of faith, that's a saving faith. In other words, you place your faith in Jesus. The second type of faith that is briefly mentioned In Jude, verse 3, it says, earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. What that's talking about, the faith is your system of belief or your system of doctrine. That's sometimes spelled out on the described or summarized on the front and back flap of our Sunday school book. Now, the other type of faith that I really want to hit home with you this morning, and that is faith as a living reality in your life. Now, Now, this is where... It really comes into being. I pray this morning that everybody in this room, that you're saved, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, have you ever, somebody that's going through a tough time, somebody you're going through a struggle in your life and people, have you ever heard somebody say this to somebody? Hey, all you need, you just need to have faith. Or they'll say, you just need to have more faith. Or just, hey, have faith in God and it will all work out. Did you know you can have faith in God and it won't always work out? But that's where faith comes in. That's where faith is real. That's where it separates, so to speak. You've heard the phrase, separate the men from the boys. And and what that means is somebody who's fully grown up and somebody who's not. If your faith is struggling, folks, the disciples, the apostles... Faith struggled. They prayed, they asked Jesus, they said, Lord, increase our faith. And so that's really where I want to hit home. You say, my faith, in the whole point of this message is, it's a new day for my faith. So 2013, may it be a year for my faith to grow. May it be a year that I say, I, and folks, your faith will never grow until you say, I'm struggling with my faith. My faith struggles. That doesn't mean that you're not saved. That just means that sometimes even devout Christians have said, Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. 
There have been faithful people in action say, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with my faith. I'm really struggling with what God is doing. You know, the Bible describes Job as a great man of faith. But even he said, God, I just don't understand what you're doing. He kept, they, his friends kept saying, hey, you must have sinned big time for this bad thing to happen to you. But he said, I don't know of anything I've done wrong. I don't know of what sin I need to repent of. But God was just doing it or allowing it so that people could see Job's faith. And of course, it later on became Job's faith and his patience. But just as some of these descriptions here we have before us, let's go ahead and grab them real quick in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Uh, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith, many of you have heard this, as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible for you. Well, folks, so that, that means just a small amount of faith. Now, I've seen these charlatans before, these so-called uh, faith-healing preachers. And uh, you say, well, you know, if that's really real, why don't they go up here to Children's Hospital and just camp out there if they can really do that? Of course, they have a cop-out phrase, and I've heard it before. Well, I was, I was going to heal them, but they did not have enough faith. Did you know the Bible says that, you know, that one of the descriptions of an apostle, and this happened with Peter and John and Paul, is that the very shadow of them would pass over sick people and they would be healed. They would bring to, from Paul uh, uh, pieces of cloth and people have made a mockery out of this, different ones, Robert Tilton, namely being one out of Dallas and uh, one of those uh, charlatans, if you will, and they said, uh, send in your $1,000 and we'll send you this prayer handkerchief with this power from on high. And so, you know, but... Th- those things never worked out. Pass all those handkerchiefs out at Children's Hospital if, that, if they're really an apostle. There's, there was a time for apostles, but that's a whole other story. But it's not really, uh, you definitely, we're going to see this, number one this morning, you can have different amounts of faith. But folks, the main thing is, is where do you place your faith? Do you place it in Jesus Christ? Place it in Him, and that's when it will grow. Place it in Him. That's whenever it'll increase. All right? Now, I've already described to you, and we've quoted Ephesians chapter 2. Now, faith is a... And I put here kind of the description, the tool or mechanism by which we are saved through Jesus. So, and I tried to describe it here many times, just kind of having this, uh, these thoughts and this description that Paul uses When he says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, Jesus said he's the door, right? Now, I've tried to take this analogy one step further. Faith is the mechanism that opens the door. Okay? It's kind of the latch, if you will. He does say he's the door. I am the door. I am the, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except what? Except through me. So you got saved. You know it. You Faith is the mechanism, 
But it's who do you place your faith in? It's Jesus. So that's how you got saved. Now, in order for this sermon to really be of any use to anyone in this room, number one, you must be saved. Because you cannot live by faith if you're not saved by faith. We must be saved and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have that now, what do you do? What, if you're saved this morning, you say, I'm going to heaven. I know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Matter of fact, my wife and I were talking to someone this past week. And we mentioned to them about salvation. Have they ever been saved? And the first words out of their mouth were, well, I've been baptized. Well, see, that, see I, I wasn't saved by baptism. It doesn't say, for by my baptism I am saved. For my baptism, you know, baptism doesn't save me. So, I mean, you see, the, I want you to know the difference. Jesus saves. He's the Savior. Baptism is just an act of obedience. It doesn't, it doesn't save anybody. So faith, so now, if we're, if you're saved this morning and you know Jesus as your Savior, I want faith to be a living reality in your life. Uh, now, just looking at that real quick, just some scriptures to run through. <clears throat> Let's, uh, and I mentioned there, well, following up Romans and Galatians, but, Let's go on down to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. Grab that scripture in Colossians, chapter 2. And then back up just a smidgen to 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. All right? We're just talking about walking by faith. This is something that you do. This is something that's, like I say, how do you make faith usable? It'd be kind of like... Kind of like this, um, you know. <clears throat> one way to, and my dad knows me. Matter of fact, uh, he got me for Christmas. We got him some some real nice framed wedding pictures. And my dad knows me. He got me tools. Yeah, you a man cannot ever have. T- I, I just have too many tools. I just you know I just never have. You know, a real man don't say that. I don't have enough tools. I need more tools. You know how many crescent wrenches that you need? One more. That's how many I need. I just I want a crescent wrench. Everywhere I go, I want one laying by there just so I can grab it. A pair of channel locks. You can't have too many pairs of channel locks. I mean, I want one in the door of my truck. I want one in the back of my truck. I want one in the shop. And on top of the refrigerator, I've got tools. Karen says, clean off the top of the refrigerator. That's another man's tool chest. Don't come over there messing with the top of my refrigerator now. I want screwdrivers, those six-in-ones. I, I mean, I like that. You can fill up straight head, pull it out, and you got one-quarter and three-eighths. I mean, that's some good stuff. But, folks, faith is that way. Jesus saved me, 1977. Now, what am I going to do with it? Dad can give me all the tools in the world, but what am I going to do with them? If you have faith, I have faith, so what? Man, the Bible says you can have faith all day long, but if it doesn't do something, that tool is useless. Amen? 
And he's saying, so, so, I've got faith, so what? I've got a crescent wrench laying on every bumper in every corner of my house. So what if I never use it? So we're going to have faith. You can talk the talk all day long, but most of us don't walk diddly squat. We don't walk any, we don't, we don't show anything. All we show is an attitude of contempt and blame. All we show is basically, do we reflect Jesus or do we act like everybody else? I want faith that means something. I want people to say, man, look at their faith. Look at their faith. Most of us, most people can't see faith in our lives because we don't reflect it or we don't use it. They say, man, he's handy with tools. You know why? He's using them. He uses those tools. And if you want to see a person, and it's not that you're, you're looking for somebody with faith, but folks, just live it. Just live it. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 says this, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus. How did you receive Him? By faith. So walk ye in Him. So how are you supposed to walk? If you receive Jesus by faith, how are you supposed to walk? By faith. And then if you back up over here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Folks, faith that makes a difference. I put in there, if my faith doesn't motivate me to work, the Bible says, faith that doesn't work is dead. It does say that. For You know, you say you have faith, but you have not works. Your faith is dead. All that means is it's useless. Useless. <clears throat> if my faith does not inspire others, then it is weak. All that means is, is if, if my faith, think about it, if your faith is never on display, if you never step on faith, out on faith, if you never try to do something that you've never done, folks, I want a faith that makes a difference in this church. I want a faith that makes a light to others in Hamburg. I want people to see my faith. Now, you say that. Be careful in saying that. Because faith that can be seen only comes out when you use it. And sometimes faith that's used is dangerous. You say, well, I don't understand. Go back to Hebrews 11. One person said this. If my faith is not my companion during times of trouble, then my faith is not in Christ. Then your faith, my faith, is not in Christ. Because did you know this? If you're saved, you know what Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 13? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you're saved, if you said, man, I've really struggled. I've really struggled. Matter of fact, my faith, you know, my faith is in the Lord, but I've drifted away from God. But folks, if our faith is in the Lord and we're going away from Him, then what good is our faith? 
If our faith is in the Lord and we're, and we're backsliding, then what good is our faith? It's definitely not being seen. Matter of fact, we can't even grasp it. The Bible mentions in some of those other verses that I put in there that our faith can be weak. Our faith can be strong. You remember the centurion? I think I have that scripture earlier. And he said, Lord, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. You know what Jesus said about him? I've not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. So different people can have different amounts of faith. I've got about, uh, we're going to fly through them. I had a list, I think, let me see how long my list is here, of 19 different types of faith that I found in Hebrews chapter 11. I said, I don't want to cram the bulletin full, so I'll just, uh, I'll just go through them with you. Here's what I'm going to do. I want you to fly through Hebrews 11 with me. Come along with this journey just for a second. It won't tell you say 19, that's going to take forever. No, don't worry. <laughs> I got another gear. All right. <laughs> Amen, brother. Ed. I got another gear. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. I tell you, you know what this is? A faith that leads you to worship. It says, Abel, by faith, Abel, worship. He offered a sacrifice. That's a faith that leads you to worship. Hebrews chapter 5, and also 5 and 6, it says this, that we have a faith that pleases God. Wouldn't that be great? It says in verse 6, but without faith it's impossible to please Him. Folks, I want a faith that pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. It talks about Noah. Here's your prayer. Here's your prayer. I want a faith that protects my family. Does your faith guard your family? Did his faith save his family? You bet you it did. His faith saved his family. What kind of faith do we have this morning? Do you have a faith that all extends all the way down to your grandkids? A faith that, I mean, your grandkids say, My grandparent has faith and I see it. He had a faith that protected his family. Hebrews chapter uh, 11, verse 8. I want a faith that's better than a GPS. <laughs> you know what a GPS is? A GPS will get you turned around. A GPS will send you up a dirt road. <laughs> Did y'all know that? It will send you up a dirt road. Well, guess what? My faith, it says Abraham went out and he didn't know where he was going. But guess who was guiding him? God was his GPS. <laughs> God didn't send him down the wrong road. Didn't send him down. He might have sent him down a dirt road, but it was the right road, I guarantee you. Amen. All right. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 9 and 10. It says they were looking for a city whose foundations and whose builder and maker is God. I want a faith that says when God says move, I'll get up and move. When God says move, I'll get up and move. Uh, look at Hebrews chapter 11 and... Uh, uh, verse 12 talks about Sarah. <clears throat> Actually, verse 11 and 11 talks about Sarah. I want a faith where age is not an excuse. I want a faith where age... I don't, folks, you say, well, that's talking about old people. No, it's not. It's talking about young people and old people. Don't use age. As, I'm too young. I'm too old. Folks, look in the Bible. Age is not an excuse. It is not an excuse Look at verse 13 and 16. I want a faith uh, that you know 
that this world is your temporary home, many of you, are you more in love with heaven than you are here? On a faith that says this is my temporary home. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. Verse 14, I'm seeking a better country. And verse 15 says that they thought about going back to Egypt, but they said, no, we're headed to the promised land. Headed to the promised land. I want a faith, uh, verse 17 through 19, I want a faith that I will trust God with my kids. Verse 17 and 19, you know what it's talking about? Abraham giving his son back to God. Basically saying, God, I don't know what you're doing here. Matter of fact, we don't know what, until you read this passage right here about Abraham, it says uh, in verse 19, it tells you what Abraham was thinking. In Genesis, you don't know what he was thinking. In other words, you don't know what he was thinking in his mind. But you know what it says in verse 19? It tells you what he's thinking. He says, even if I kill him, God will raise him up. That's what it says right in God's Word. So I want a faith that I will trust God with my kids. In verse 20 and 21, I want a faith, I want a faith that will lead you to be a godly parent to your children. Verse 20 and 21, it says, notice this, notice verse 20 and 21, Isaac blessed his son, Jacob and Esau. What did it say in verse 21? Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both his sons. Do you have a faith, do you have a faith that causes you to be a godly example and parent to your kids? He actually had spiritual conversations with their kids. I want a faith, if you go on down and look at verse 22, I want a faith to know that even after I'm gone, God's work will continue. Verse 22, what does it say? Joseph, when he died, he he told them, hey, listen, this is what y'all need to do. With my bones and with this. You know what? God's work is going to continue. Even after we're gone, God's work is going to continue. Uh, Look, skip on down 23 through 25. I want a faith that I will obey God even if there's danger. I want to obey God even if there's danger. Verse 23 through 25, it says that Moses, even in the face of danger, Obeyed God. Matter of fact, verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 26 and 27, I want a faith that will go against the crowd. I want a faith that will go against the crowd. Verse 26 and 27, it says this, that they esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than treasures in Egypt. I want a faith that, uh, in verse 28, that I'll obey God's instruction no matter what. In verse 28, of course, they kept the Passover. That sounded kind of strange. You want me to sprinkle the blood where? And you're going to send a death angel through? And the firstborn, what, what in the world are you doing? You know what, God, I'll be obedient to you. Because you said to. In verse 29, <laughs> I want a faith that will not wimp out. <laughs> yeah, I want a faith that will not wimp out. You know what verse 29 is all about? Okay, <laughs> wait a second. That There's a wall of water over here and a wall. Wait a second. There's the army of Egypt right there. I think I'll need to go this way. 
And matter of fact, there wasn't even mud, Miss Dina, to walk across. The Bible says they walked across on dry ground. So when God didn't just kind of suck it back, matter, He provided a walk, a sidewalk across that ocean. They walked across on dry ground. And so, do you, you think that took a little bit of guts? Imagine walking through. Man, look at there. Look at there. Oh, that's crazy. And of course, when they all got over on the other side, somebody said one time, well, they walked across a shallow basin. And some preacher stood up and said, well, praise the Lord. Uh, God drowned the Egyptians in 12 inches of water. And there's another miracle right there. So imagine that. All right, then moving on. I want a faith that will try something. Look at verse 30. I want a faith that will try something that's never been done before. Think that that's a living faith. They walked around the walls of Jericho. This is how you defeat a city. They said, that sounds stupid. That sounds crazy. You know what? They didn't do that. They said, okay, if God says it, let's do it. Have we ever done this before? No. But folks, having never done something before means it takes faith. It takes faith. Look at verse 31. Verse 31. I want faith that I'll trust somebody I don't know. That's faith. A lot of, hey, do, do we live in a day where there's, uh, People out here that'll take stuff from you? Yeah. Do we live in a day where there's people that are uh, always out to take advantage of others? Yeah. Do we live in a day where there's all sorts of scams and different things going on? Yeah. But Rahab was a stranger. And God led them to trust her. And she, God led her to trust them, but they didn't know each other. They didn't. So faith to trust somebody you don't know. Also, I want faith in verse 32 and 34 that conquers my fears. In verse 35 and 37, a faith that stands in the face of death and destruction. Matter of fact, if you look at that verse 35, it says this, that Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mocking, scourgings, moreover bonds and imprisonments. Verse 37, those, they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, which means, uh, I, it's not recorded in scripture, but tradition, history, history records Isaiah being placed in a hollow log. And being sawed asunder, being sawn in two. Imagine dying that kind of death. These people had that kind of faith. And then finally, verse 38 through 40, the end of the, end of the chapter. It says, and I love this. I love what verse 38 says. Of whom the world was not worthy. Man, this world is a horrible place. The world wasn't worthy of these great people. But here's, lastly, in closing, here's the whole ticket, the whole thing. Lord, and this needs to be your prayer this morning. Lord, increase my faith. Secondly, can you have the kind of faith that makes a difference in the lives of others? That people can see your faith. That people can see how you choose to live. They don't wonder, well... 
can't tell if they're a person of faith or not. Lord, increase our faith. May our faith make a difference in the lives of others. As we prepare for a hymn invitation, bow with me for a word of prayer. Father, we bow before you, realizing that your word this morning is more powerful than anything out there in this old world, and that your word can lead us to stretch our faith, to challenge our faith. We have all these examples. And help us to lean on your word, to trust your word. Say, I I need to take a step of faith. I need to do something I've never done. I need to stretch my faith. Lord, help me to be an example to others. That people can see our faith in you. It's not about our faith in, in people, our faith in technology, our faith in buildings, our money. Our faith is in you and in you alone. Father, increase our faith. In Jesus' name, amen.